podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Transfer Podcast on Anfield Index Pro. Podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland, I'm Trev Denny, and I'm joined, of course, by Dave Davis to chat about the latest comings and goings at Liverpool in the Premier League and across Europe. Dave, how are you doing, my friend? Yeah, very good, man. Hopefully you're well, too. Yeah, surprisingly well, considering uh, what's been going on with our club and the various uh, uh, sort of moods that we've been exposed to. Uh, it's 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 a it's a very very uh, turbulent time to be read, yeah. and we can't go anywhere without uh, acknowledging the uh, pachyderm in the room, and that is of course. Uh, are we going to or are we not going to do any business? And we heard, and I know you'll have dealt with it with your uh, press conference podcast, some uh, very disheartening comments from Kloppo there with regard to whether or not we would do anything. The kind of thing that when you take it as a little snippet and put it up there in a tweet and then say, what is this all about, uh, can seem quite damning where he says, well, uh, we're not going to fix the problems in the transfer market. And I guess we have to take that statement as a statement on its own anyway. And even out of context, uh, I think we have to examine it for what it is. Apparently, he was a little bit more upbeat today uh, in 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 his uh, observations about, you know, uh, the state of things. But I'd like to just start there with you. And because I know you've looked at both of those press conferences in detail and mm. Uh, I couldn't bring myself to watch either of them. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I, I, w- I was waiting to listen to you chat about it and break it down for me because I, 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 I feel so sorry for Jurgen currently. I feel like he's in a situation where, um, as Dave said on Raw, I'm not sure he even realizes how good he is at what he does. And he seems to be in a situation where he's quite hamstrung and defensive about it certainly in the press conference before last that's what seemed to be the vibe what about this concept dave that the transfer market won't solve our problems i've seen you be very forthright and say the exact opposite in the plainest language possible in a tweet and i for one stand beside you what do you make of that as a stance yeah it's as a pure statement of the transfer market won't solve all problems absolute nonsense i think as most will agree we need the transfer market more than anything it's, it's cash it's players that's going to solve where we are it's it's as simple as that realistically i think like you said trev though con- context is still everything i mean that press conference or after the uh the Wolves game was terrifying as well. Said so we didn't see it coming afterwards. I said I think everyone 
we all saw that coming, didn't we? We were all fearful of what was going to happen into Brighton. So it, it, it honestly was a, a little bit scary. I think I think you're right. It did seem a bit more upbeat, probably hard not to be for for this one. But I think you have to look at what he said today because I've seen, like you said, people just take a snippet of a line and that's that's it. He doesn't want to do anything. It's like you've got to listen, watch the clips, do whatever you need to do, but judge it in context, as we always say. So he opened quite strong on it. Like he said, he said, what did he say? We look out, we've looked outside. We're looking outside. Interestingly, he used the term, we're not stubborn because almost in a Wenger-like comparison, that's one that's been levelled at him recently. You know, and interestingly, as another point, he said, we're not just wanting to use these same players till sort of 2050, tongue in cheek. He talked about it's what you can do against what you want to do. So, Based on that, is this the right moment? I can't see it in the situation we're in. And it's important to give that, Trev, because I'm being honest, I've seen a lot of things on Twitter with the bit just taken out going, is this the right moment? I can't see it. That is not a false statement, but as you know, context is everything. It's missing out some key words and the full detail in what he said. We need to be absolutely clear on that. That tells me he clearly wants to do something, they clearly looked, as we've always said, are the funds there? I'm really concerned about what's available to him on this trip. Really, really am. And there's a million things we could say about that that we could go into at the same time. But genuinely concerned about the funds that are available. It begs the question, if, if there was only limited, let's call it limited funds available, say the 40 million or 36, whatever it is that's got Cody Gakpo, you do kind of wonder, would that not be better served on a midfielder? But that that's maybe a different discussion. But yeah, re- reading his comments today, long story short, I don't like the way it's been interpreted. It's wrong the way it's been labelled on Twitter by fans, The Athletic and other places. The context was everything. It's about what he wants to do. To me, he's clearly saying, I want to do something, I can't. And that's the honest way I took it today, Trev. Yeah, there does seem to be that element of his hands being a bit tied, uh, that he's having to accept a reality that he would prefer not to accept, and that he is being the good employee, shall we say, yeah. in, term, in terms of his, his attitude to it. There's a lot of disingenuousness, though, as well, when you drive the bus towards the stop-marked uh, transfer market won't fix our ills. Because, like you said, very clearly and I as I said already I agree with you of course it will that's exactly what will fix it and we had the searing example of Moises Caicedo uh, who is everything that we are not in midfield and could apparently be got but as you say now we're into a different issue and it brings us as a nice segue into the next uh, the, the, the back half of the elephant in the room which is what, what's the story with those funds? Where 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 are we with them? Because I feel like Klopp was kind of making himself a hostage to fortune with some of these comments, like uh, you know, like like the, like those transfer market comments. It's 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 straight up weird. Uh, and 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 as you said earlier on, I think it was a good word you chose, defensive almost. Like who? Christ, his loyalty is unbelievable, isn't it? He's loyal yeah. to everybody in his life. Uh, like you know, he has obviously. Uh, made connections with those uh, people in FSG and with his 
with his staff and with his players. And it's it's a remarkable thing. And, and, and that defensiveness, it just it just makes him sound a little bit disingenuous when he says stuff like that. But, you know, we don't know what's going on. And it's a source of great, great, great strife amongst us as fans. We want to know everything. We always like to not know what's going on when things are going well. And we yeah. say that's a great strength of the club. But when things are not going well, we demand to know everything in uh, forensic detail. And one of the stories that just will not go away, primarily because the owners themselves put it out there and chose to put it out there, is that Liverpool is for sale, at least partially. And we've had a lot of stories again. Again, I'm not really sure how much... We should put how much store we should, we should put in these stories about the uh, Qatari interest, uh, and I, I'm interested to get your take on this, Dave, because obviously uh, there's a couple of elements here. I have no interest way in any way, shape, or form except to acknowledge the fact. Uh, I have no interest in, in doing the whole uh, fit and proper owners debate here. That is a conversation for when and if they are announced as owners. Until then, I, I, I can't be arsed. I'm just curious about what's actually happening. I'd like to know what's actually happening. And I wonder what you make of this, because uh, it seemed to be quite a very, very strong, uh, partially substantiated rumour by one or two uh, journalists with some merit, it would appear. And yet, our, our pals in the Echo are pouring cold water all over that on a story they published at half five this evening, saying that, uh, you know, that's quite unlikely. What, what do you make of this? Qatari interest and the bigger picture, Dave, of the likelihood of a sale or a partial sale. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. I'm just going to throw one more thing into the mix that you can touch on or not. But it seems to me that these canny guys who grew their investment of a very distressed asset that they picked up on a song uh, to 10 times the value plus, uh, they're not the kind of lads who are going to walk away without retaining some type of interest in such a valuable asset. That would be my take. I could be completely wrong. What do you make of all of this, Dave? This, I mean... Twitter's gone crazy, hasn't it, over the last sort of 24, 36 hours? And to tell you the truth, Trev, I have never used my Arabic to English converter more than I have probably in the last 24 to 36 hours at the same time as well. <laughs> Let, let's be honest on that. So, I mean, th there's a couple of things on this, like you say. I mean, all the talk seems to be coming from the Qatari side and Twitter, ITK, whatever you want to label it. This isn't trying to be derogatory over um, anything at all. But all the talk is coming from there. And then with that, there's got to be a, 
especially because we are in a distressed situation, if that's the right phrase. You've just got to be sort of that trepidation to, towards those type of things. But it's one of those, the old smoke without fire. There's a lot building, Trev, and a lot of, a lot of things from both sides. The journalist who um, broke the Salah story, the Salah renewal, has also got behind it. Doesn't mean it's true, but it gains traction that way. Probably the other thing I would say is, this, I don't know if you've seen it at all, but the, the Salah photos, as I'll call them. So there's a photo for a, of Mo Salah not that long ago, I think around the Brentford defeat, where he was in a, a stylish hoodie. I'm not showing my age by saying a word like that, but stylish hoodie, let's call it that. And he's then photographed with, and, and again, it's a bit blurry. You can't quite make it out. It's not like crime watch, but it's not the clearest of photos. What looks like the PSG owner, so the you know the Qatari sort of main investor, the chairman there. So yeah, just something to to be aware of in in that regard. So that adds a little bit of weight to it, a little bit of smoke, fire, whatever you want to phrase it as. The only thing I'm going to say on this trip is just a drop of speculation. That that's the the thing I'll call it speculation. We need a a tier one, someone serious to get behind this. Now, the only thing on that that is a little bit towards that is a name that's sort of come to prominence for Liverpool fans from nowhere, Sam Wallace. Now, he's a well-renowned um, Telegraph journalist, chief football writer there. He was the guy that broke that Nunes story, Matthias Nunes, for the, about £44 million. He dropped almost a, a line in a column saying, I think it's something along the lines of, bids for United and Liverpool are expected by February. So there's just this little pieces, Trev, just adding together, but there is just a danger of going two and two and making 27 at this rate. As yeah. to your point about FSG, don't believe for one second any of the nonsense that people have typed about they want to, you know, they want to be like into the right owners, they'd sacrifice profit. What an absolute load of bobbins. These are ruthless businessmen. Like you said, they want the maximum value for their asset. And I think it's well known they're looking at things like NBA teams, NFL teams, all that type of thing. They're not going to give Liverpool away for a song. They are looking for maximum value. So on that, probably if it is a, a money thing, and like you said, let's not for one second get into fit and proper owners, but the Qataris that are linked are not short of a bob or two, let's put it that way. So I... This this is a gut, Trev, so I've got no proof on this. I think there's something in it. I genuinely think there's something in it that's genuine interest. But as we know, genuine interest to lodging an interest, the NDA, you know, doing due diligence, putting a bid, ratifying a deal, there's a million steps in between. So interest to sale is a different thing. But yeah, if you ask me, I reckon there's something in it, Trev, I would. But there's also the take here, and I'm just going to give the the Echo story uh, a little, little bit of validation, although we do know they do tend to be a little bit, uh, I have a cloud hanging over them, let's just put it that way. This is the interesting angle here where they go, uh, that there's going to be a new joint venture between UEFA and the European Clubs Association. And uh, this guy, El Khalifi, uh, who's... Uh, involved with Qatar sports investment is the chairman of that uh and it covers 
media rights sales processes for UEFA club competitions after 2024 and set to boost revenue streams for teams in the Champions League, Europa League and Conference League. Now, therefore, potential investment, they say here, through the purchase of a minority stake was reportedly part of the meeting agenda. This is the supposed meeting between uh, him and Levy and possibly between uh, Mohamed Salah and them as well, or whatever. But that's an interesting angle because it, there's a cynical uh, uh, thing at the back of it, which is, well, yeah, we could do it a stake in that because it's going to be a quick money turnaround because of all the investment that's going to come around as a result of it uh, and the revenue that that deal will bring in. So people might want to think and consider that as well. Uh, that there could just be a simple opportunistic angle here for taking a piece of the club and maybe FSG are trying to bargain as to how big that piece is. Who knows? But it's just another thing to uh, rope into our discussions there. Yeah. And Dave, like we, 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 you know, like, like, and like you say, you're right. Speculation is the word here because what what can we do except deal with the the the, the information that is being put out there and and, and speak about it. Uh. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. As as critically as we can and see what we think has any legs and what we think doesn't. One way or the other, we are going to have to play forward with this season. And I think many people are starting to worry that it might really collapse around our, our feet altogether. And I think some people are actually starting to come to terms with, OK, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? Uh, uh, what, what does that do to the summer and so on and so forth? I think all but the most uh, really sort of blindly optimistic fans will be thinking, we might want to just get used to the concept that we might get top four here. And, and like I say, what does that mean? What is the knock-on effect of that? Because if any of Chelsea's uh, 11 signings come in and make an impact a, a bit better than their lone player, uh, you know, they could they could easily surge past us. And then it's a, then it's a difficult ask, to say the least. But, you know, uh, w- w- with an eye towards seeing what we could do, uh, it doesn't seem, David, as, as if there's much, by the way, of potential... Uh, January interest in anybody else. You talked about how Kloppo said, like, we're not sitting on our hands, we have our heads on a swivel, basically, we're looking around. And but it basically he, he keeps he seems to be saying it's not likely. Now we've come full circle back to Wolves, and this time it's Ruben Neves, like it was before. And because it's Ruben Neves like it was before, uh, and it was Matias Nunes like it was before, I find myself a little bit wary of this because Wolves are actually doing deals. Wolves are 
Wolves are, are 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 doing a couple of ambitious bits and pieces. Do you see them weakening their squad by getting rid of a player of of, of either of those two calibers? I I would I'd love to say I thought it was possible, and I'm saying that with a bit of trepidation because I know there's a lot of fans, and I understand the saying Ruben Neves isn't the answer, and on his own I wouldn't say so either, but. At the same time, there's the part of me, Trev, that looks at our squad right now and goes, Christ, any midfielder would improve it, you know, with some sort of strategic purpose. I'd love to believe there's real traction in this, and this is going to sound derogatory, but it felt like a random Mirror article for a player that's got, I think, approximately 18 months left to go. There's the link with Jorge Mendes, the agencies with Liverpool Wolves, what's come out recently. I, I would personally like to think it was true and that's the type of player we're potentially looking at, but it doesn't feel like... I wish I was wrong, but Neves to Liverpool, can't see it, being honest. And just to clarify, that Mirror story was saying potentially in this window? Yeah, absolutely, that we'd look to do a... Because of the short time he's got left to go on his contract, he'll have a year left in the summer, a cup... Favourite phrase for Liverpool, a cut price deal, but you can't <laughs> say it. Oh, God. There are so many people who will be uh, just shaking off the clouds of gloom uh, if there ever was a future where we didn't have to penny pinch. Uh, it's no guarantee of success, as we know, but it would be it would be nice to be in that position. Um, however, we, like I said, must have a look at what's left of the season with the reality as fed to us by Jurgen that not much is going to change. Now, I felt absolutely sick for Tyler Morton during the week when the tweets were coming out about, like from the official uh, site, about uh, his contract renewal. And uh, of course, it was filled with imbeciles saying, what are you doing this for? Or go out and buy Caicedo, go out and buy... uh, Fernandez or whatever the hell they were saying but it was bile it was hatred it was anger it was rage and it's tagging in a kid who's been given a renewal at at, at Liverpool and I just it drives me insane this Dave I I don't understand what's going on talk to us a little bit about Tyler how he's doing I saw some great news there about how sort of for example Connor Bradley's doing six goals six assists with Bolton flying uh talk to us about Tyler and the renewal and is there anything else around that story yeah why why these people post these comments Trev people who must just like you say howl at the moon or those people who are, you know, desperate to bring public executions back, that type of thing, just absolute nutters. Honestly, the, I mean, the kid's done absolutely brilliantly at, at Blackburn. It's, if you think he played a couple of games maximum last season, a couple of Carabao, he's gone right into the, the championship, which, let's be honest, is a, a serious cut and thrust league for a young fella there. So he's, he's almost still learning his trade, but... He's done well at Blackburn, he really has. And if you look where they are, they're around those sort of playoff places. You know, and he's been a regular in that team. You can't really ask any more than he's done from the kid. And I, I mean that with almost a sentence and trying not to make it sound derogatory. But with the ability he's got and the attributes he's got, he's doing very well. 
this this is going to sound absolutely terrible, obviously, based on the way you set it up, which is absolutely right. This, for me, has a feeling of what I call asset protection. Yeah. He said extending his deal, like we almost did with Nat, that when we come to sell him, and, and this sounds terrible to say, it's just being honest, though, I believe that he will be sold eventually. If, it wouldn't be surprised if this summer there'll be interest in him, no doubts at all, as we mentioned before. Uh, that's going to seem brutal, but you have to look at the honest reality. Look at Liverpool's midfield right now, Trev. Look at the people around it. And there's even youngsters, as you know, like Harvey, Wee Badge, and Jürgen still saw fit to send Tyler Morton out on loan. That probably tells its own story realistically. It's also clear, again, it's going to sound horrible, but it's just the reality. It's clear we're looking at midfielders like Nunes, Bellingham, etc., etc. So that's not going to send him up the pecking order, is it? Let's think about it realistically. He's probably one of those that say, not a huge amount, but a tangible asset that's probably not going to quite make it, but that doesn't mean he's a bad footballer. He's got great technical attributes. I think he will absolutely shine, like you say, a, a top championship, maybe lower level Premier League team. I know that sounds almost brutal in one step, but to me, I felt for the kid with all the comments, but yeah, it's just idiots taking out the frustrations on a on a young lad, but doing well in the championship, and I think it's a great asset protection. That's the phrase I'd use for us. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, like that's the type of sensible business that you do want to see happening at the club. Uh, it's just that when that is the bottom line is uh, sensible. Well, it leaves us doing sections like this at the start of the show. And of course, we'd love nothing more, listeners, than to be telling you about all the wonderful Liverpool news that there is. And uh, I do appreciate your feedback. Some of you saying, look, actually, it's a tough, a tough listen, uh, the Liverpool section, because there is so little uh, that we're saying that's, that's, that's positive or upbeat. But always qualifying those comments uh, by saying that you're enjoying the show. We do really appreciate that feedback, uh, and uh, you know, like I say, we what we can only we can only deal with the info that we have. Yeah. Now, Dave, I'll tell you what. I, I want you to uh, consider something here. I know you've always been a guy who'll take a sip from a can or a glass, whatever your chosen uh, receptacle is there. If you're Cherry Pepsi Max, but I would like you to consider maybe breaking out the syringe and mainlining it here and there because we've got to go to the Chelsea section. And these guys have been going bananas again. I've never seen anything like this, I think, in a transfer window. I, I honestly can't recall one where I've looked at a club and sort of chuckled, been envious, considered them incredibly daft, been envious again chuckled again and generally speaking my takeaway is you know what it's not exactly working for them so far but it might work and they're having the time of their lives uh with all these with all this recruitment at the moment so talk to us about what's going on here because this story about mudrick after all the arsenal links is bananas this is absolutely crazy trev and like you say, I had to take a big gulp there because you almost have to prepare for this section week on week. It's just insane. But one thing I found absolutely fascinating, Trev, and I mean fascinating when I read it today, there's quite a few Chelsea fan sites, get this, Trev, have said that they're aware that Todd Bowley 
and other key figures at Stamford Bridge have been listening into their shows. And Todd, <laughs> Todd Foley, Sweeney Todd, literally the screenshots of it on Twitter. Honestly, guys, if you, if you go looking for it, it's amazing. Was in a Chelsea Twitter spaces a couple of days ago. Now they're taking <laughs> that trip. This is insane, isn't it? They're taking that as it, he's listening to the fans. That's all brilliant. That's great. It's like, insane Trev. That tells me he's listening to the fans who are playing football manager, you know, championship manager, whatever those types of things are. And there's almost just a lunacy and inherent madness to what they're doing. I, I thought that context, I've got to mention that after I saw it earlier, is just insane. But yeah, like you said, the whole Mudrick thing, it's, I think everyone in the world of football, 99% certain he's going to Arsenal. It's just, I think the player was 99% certain he's going to Arsenal. It was all set to be done. It's haggled over like the structure of the deal, but it was going to get done. Out of nowhere, Swedish Todd swoops in, doesn't he, and says, forget the negotiations with Arsenal. What do you want? We'll pay it, type of thing. A little bit of the quick negotiation. And it is done. Approximately a, a ratified deal around 100 million euros. We're talking about 88 million sterling for the kid, Trev, who, this sounds terrible. It done well in Champions League, you know, from the, the highlights I've seen, great. But 100 million euros, Trev, it just seems absolutely, not want to say lunacy, but an, an overinflated fee, if I ever did see one. I mean, watch the kid shine now against us at the weekend, but there you go, <laughs> famous last words. I mean, and, and that that wasn't even the, the maddest thing that came out. I mean, the things we, we got told in the press this week, confirmed by the Mail and the Telegraph, Mikel Antonio, the West Ham centre-forward, they made a loan bid for him, a loan inquiry that was not back. Absolutely insane. I mean, other incomings that are possible that they're still talking, I think it's pronounced Noni Maduiki at PSV, so another winger inside forward that they're looking at there. Caicedo is apparently still on the table. Ben Jacobs and a few others did an article. And then there was even one today, Trev, and this is just incomings you haven't even got to outgoings or anything yet, the Trossard they're looking at. Now, he's out of favour at Brighton with six months left. Uh, maybe that's a potential lazy link because of the ex-Potter link there. But who knows with Chelsea? Who knows? It's almost like any player that's on the table could be moving to them. So so that's the outgoings. Sorry, the incomings even, another way around. Outgoings-wise, Jorginho's now, like we said, being mentioned. We did say this weeks ago there is interest from... Italy, and they're now fancying that he is unlikely to sign a new deal. The, the, my favourite story from an outgoing perspective, though, was the Aubameyang Trev. That you think they bought him from Barcelona, and let's be honest, he's been a massive flop. It's not worked out. So they were looking at a deal to send him back to Barcelona. You know what? A free, just cancel it all and go again. But apparently, due to La Liga rules, it's just not possible for him to sort of re-register again. Apparently, it's against some sort of La Liga official ruling. So I just thought that was fascinating. And now there's, there's even stories, and, and this is where any story is almost believable with Chelsea. It'll be it's the boy who cried wolf. It'll be so hard to determine what's false. There's genuinely a few papers, Trevor, now saying that they're inviting inquiries for two people, Kula Ballet 
and Raheem Sterling. Remember Raheem Sterling, they just signed this summer and they've got all these issues. However, as someone made the point, if ever all their forwards get fit, they've got 13. So something's got to give, but dear God, I need another swig of Pepsi Max. But Chelsea, Trev, insane. I, I don't even know where to start with that. The idea that Koulibaly could be up for grabs again, Sterling could be up for grabs again. Fair play to you. You did have that Jorginho story at least four weeks ago. But by far the most interesting one out of all of those for me. We'll come back to Barca and Obama Yang because Barca, despite the fact that they actually seem to have cracked it by way of form in their own league, uh, still have a lot of issues uh, when it comes to the old money. But the biggest weird story out of all of that for me is the Antonio one. I did not see that coming. That's just, that's a remarkable one. And, and and the fact, I think, as well, that, you know, most of us would have been saying, what? You know, I, I, as you said earlier on, literally everything is up for grabs with these. It doesn't matter if you're available, they will probably have a look at you. Uh, and, and, and and that's how, that's the level of crazy we're talking. The idea of Todd lurking around in, in, a, in a spaces is fantastic. Amazing, uh, isn't it? Absolutely uh, amazing. Absolutely fantastic. I assume he didn't engage, but just the idea that he's there lurking uh, is fantastic. It would absolutely feed into the theory that I posited about six weeks ago when we started this or whatever, whenever it was, which was, uh, I think this guy just copies other people's homework. I think he just waits. He sees the good deal. He sees people identifying talent, uh, having put all their resources into it, and then he just gazumps them with bigger money. And that is exactly what seems to have happened with Mudrick. So I don't think you can argue against that as a theory. Uh, so it's very, very interesting to watch. Now, we are going to talk a, a little bit about Arsenal now and probably come back to them again before we're finished when we do the European section. Uh, we've already talked about an ex-Arsenal man there in Aubameyang and the uh, potential loan back to Barca, which it can't really happen. But they are actually in contact with Barca about a couple of their players because, as I mentioned already, Barca, despite the fact that they seem to be, I think they're top of La Liga currently, yeah. and play, playing some good football with Gavi and Pedri and all the boys, uh, they are not financially sound, uh, at least uh, at, at last report. So they might have some people up for grabs. Who is it that Arsenal might be keeping an eye on there? The the few there's a couple of players actually that they've been linked with. I think the one that's been most sort of mentioned in circles and a few sort of the the big papers is Rafinha. I I don't know with that one, Trev. It, it's very plausible. You know, he is a, a right. Oh, sorry, left footer winger even that plays on the right. So it is very plausible. But at the same time, you'd think more with Saka cover because, I mean, Saka, let's be honest, has been absolutely unbelievable this season. So it feels because they wanted him in the summer as well, maybe a slightly lazy link, but there's, there's quite a few staying it. And then the other one that they've been linked with from Barca is Ansu Fati, I think it's pronounced. So was a young starlet, so to speak, at one time. Unfortunately, he was a succumb to, to numerous injuries and almost fallen behind in the superstar youngster categories to the likes of, as you mentioned, Pedri, Gavi, those types of players. So there's a, there's a few that are definitely being looked at. And as they always say, Trev, you know, you should always reinforce from a position of strength, shouldn't you? So it wouldn't surprise me if they look to do a, a bit more business there. And interestingly, 
you know, for another sort of player that I won't pretend I've heard of this or see much of this kid at all, and I can probably butcher this name here. I think it's pronounced Ivan Fresneda via Delete. So he's a, a young right back that there's quite a few clubs in Europe monitoring and apparently Arsenal are really keen and looking at him, which probably means Chelsea will bid for him by tomorrow. So we'll keep it on that <laughs> realistically. But yeah. Smart money would tell you Arsenal will reinforce in some format this window, definitely. And we're not done with Arsenal because there's a connection on our next story uh, with an ex-Arsenal manager and an ex-Arsenal player who are looking to reunite. What's that about? Yeah, they're, they're definitely making moves now, Aston Villa. And it makes sense because if Aston Villa have managed to secure a manager like Unai Emery, you might as well back him realistically. And there's what, I'm not trying to sound derogatory to Aston Villa, but they wouldn't get a better manager, would they? Let's be honest, with that type of ped- pedigree. So... I think it's pronounced Gwenduzi, so the younger, former Arsenal player, I should say, who fell out with Arteta there, but moved to Marseille. So there's really strong suggestions that that deal is quite close to completion. Funnily enough, it was Emery, as you said, that when he was in charge at Arsenal, brought him to the club. So, you know, re-engaging that relationship. And one that's come out today as well, Trevor, literally just picked it up before we started, there's a, a young player we were linked with, the young Colombian forward, I think it's pronounced Juan Duran. So on a Chicago Fire is one that we looked at extensively and Benfica, that Villa are on the verge of doing a deal for him as well. So he's a young Colombian forward. So Villa would definitely, and it listen, it makes sense. If you get a manager like Unai Emery at Aston Villa, they've got to back him. So definitely looks like they're making moves. Wow. Uh... <laughs> Everybody seems to be making moves. Uh, we'll yeah. finish with, we'll finish with a, a look at three other clubs in the Premier League, uh, Forest, Bournemouth, and we'll finish with Wolves uh, because there's a bit going on there. But let's just start with Nottingham Forest, uh, who, of course, had their recruitment blitz, uh, much to everybody's amusement uh, at the early, uh, in the preseason. Uh, but they're not quite done. They look like they might fancy another lad in this window. Amazing, Trev. So, yeah, signing number 25, Beckons. So, another one from Palmeira. So, a player called Danilo, a defensive midfield target. So, he'd follow, I think it's pronounced Scarpa from there. So, I, I don't know if there's a connection with the new director of football at Forest and Palmeiras, but they do seem to be fancying their players. And even one I saw that, that kind of broke earlier, they've got Dean Henderson, the goalkeeper on loan from Manchester United, now, he's picked up a thigh injury um, in the last match against Leicester. So, whenever they get an injured player or they need to do something, what are Nottingham Forest rumoured to be doing? They are now in the market for another goalkeeper, apparently, because they don't know how serious that injury is. So, it would not surprise you if Nottingham Forest ended this window close to 30 new signings for the season. Almost the, the exact opposite of Liverpool, but there you go. I wonder would they be willing to give us about fifty million for Quivy and then we could actually buy a midfielder? That would oh, be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just wishful thinking on my part. Bournemouth, of course, have to buy for different reasons because they are not looking too clever in their league position, uh, and it seems like they are actually making some active uh, uh, sort of interventions to see if they can uh, shirk that uh, uh, last bottom three place and get get to, to, to some sort of safety. Who are the two they're linked with? 
this is actually the context behind this is a fascinating mantra. The guy who's bought Bournemouth recently has been looking to sort of build connections for the club. And he's actually bought a large stake in the French club, Lorient. And funnily enough, you could probably guess where Bournemouth's next signing is set to come from. Now, I'm probably going to butcher his name here. I think it's pronounced Dango Utara. So a right winger who's, by all accounts, seen as the breakthrough star in Ligue 1 this season. So they're going to bring him in for a rumoured around the £25 million mark, a right winger. And listen, they need goals desperately. And the second player they've been linked with, who's an interesting one, Dan Juma. I mean, he did well at Bournemouth before. He'd done brilliantly at Villarreal, but fallen out with the coach there. They've given him permission. He's actually residing in London now as we speak, Trev. He's been given permission because he wants to go back to the Premier League and there's a lot of Premier League interest in him to base himself out of London to get a deal actually done. And Bournemouth are said to be right at the front of the queue. So if they can get a player of his quality back, that is an unbelievable move for them. But yeah, even the relegation teams are going for it now. It's panic stations time, isn't it? I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or Go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for all sorts of reasons and all sorts of positions in the league. And Wolves are the ones who finish us out this week. Uh, more Brazilian adventures uh, for them. Uh, they're uh, joining their pals at, at, at Villa in that regard. Uh, uh, but it's not just that. There's a couple of other names linked as well. Talk to us about who Wolves are, are making eyes at. Yeah, the, the Wolves manager, Lopetegui, I think it's pronounced, is definitely, you know, asking for a few players and he's getting it, whether it's Jorge or anyone else providing them. So an interesting name, João Gomes from Flamengo, a young Brazilian player who, funnily enough, has been mentioned on record that his dream move would be to us. He said that before. So he looks like he's moving in because they are desperately short of midfielders. Also a player that used to be in the, the Premier League, Mario Lamina, so a player that played at Fulham at Southampton. That deal's pretty much all done from me. So that's another midfielder there reinforcing. And then an interesting one, a player that's not really worked to PSG, Pablo Sarabia, I think it's pronounced, a right winger. That deal is said to be very close. They actually asked him about it in his press conference today. And he kind of, I'll be honest, just waffled and then said, I don't talk about players instead of just saying no comment. So that would probably indicate that it's right on the verge of being done. So yeah, Wolves are very much 
reinforcing, making their moves. They're definitely bringing in midfielders. Now, that's going to lead to natural speculation, Trev, over Ruben Neves. This window, I don't think that happens. I don't think they'll be giving anyone up like that. What's probably more likely and more believable is preparation for Matias Nunes departing in the summer, isn't it? Whether that, by the sounds of it, is to us or anyone else. But, yeah, all the relegation teams are now doing their desperate business to try and save themselves. Yeah, only the three potential recruits Wolves are being linked with there. Uh, just, again, by way of contrast, it never ceases to amaze as we uh, try to get our heads around exactly what's going on with our club. But we shall, uh, in an effort to be completists, have a look at some of the other uh, clubs across Europe because obviously there's that knock-on effect uh, back to the Premier League and uh, ourselves and clubs around us. Uh, Atletico, who had uh, recently pulled off possibly the deal of the century by loaning João Felix for a ridiculous fee, uh, only for him to make an absolute balls of his debut, uh, are looking for someone to fill his boots. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, this trap that, that there's been outgoings from Atletico. So we know that Kuna has gone to Wolves. We know, as you said, Felix, who's well, cost them a fortune, this suspension, isn't he? And missing a game against us, but they've lost two forwards. Now, the context, as we know, is their skin at the same time. They had to make those outgoings since the, the 30th of June rule in that financial fair play. But one they're looking at getting in is preying on an even, I suppose, even weaker financial situation. One at Barcelona. So Memphis, that, yeah, it's clear that he's only got a short time left on his contract. He's clearly not wanted there. So it looks like a deal that both sides want to make. The key thing is... It's all about the deal because it's not like you can get much money for a player that's not wanted and has not got long on his deal. Atletico Madrid don't have that much cash to spend, so it'll all depend on how they can structure it. So it might, I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen if Barca just agree to release him on a free. So he's off the wage, but, but yeah, I think there's a, a good chance Memphis to Atletico happens in all honesty. Yeah, and of course, that Obama Yang thing is a, is a further sort of fly in the ointment there. Uh, whether or not he ends up going back there long term when, when when it's possible, who knows? A kid who we've spoken about regularly on this uh, show because he has attracted a tremendous amount of attention is Mukoku. Uh, now, I believe you've had a word with your Bundesliga sources. Uh, what have you found out there about Mukoku? Yeah, it's been a crazy one that, that's sort of gone on most of the last summer and into this winter. And it gets even crazier, to be honest, that we've always said, or all our sources from the Bundesliga have been telling us, that they always suspected he stayed. You know, it's just about getting the, the best deal, the biggest deal, but it's about footballing time as well. And interestingly, Dortmund have now put, as they said, a final offer to him. And he actually came out today, the sort of the, the Dortmund CEO saying, there's an offer on the table, we want him to stay, but essentially it is now take it or leave it. And it is apparently, you know, top money in Dortmund regards. So it, it really depends, Trev, like what he wants to do, because there's all the talk that, as we said, the Newcastle offer is on the table, which 
is for the summer apparently, but is absolutely crazy money, as we said, in terms of the signing on fee and the wages. We knew about Chelsea wanting him as well. So it's all in the kids' court now. It really is. He's got a big offer on the table. He's got first-team football at Dortmund. Does he want to take that? It's up to him. But maybe the most interesting story that came out, and people are genuinely trying to like find if they can legitimise this or what's behind it, but there was quite a few stories in Germany this week that almost Terebo Westyle, the kid's not 18, he's actually 22, they doctored his birth certificate, and Mukoko's not his actual real surname. So there's general stories doing the rounds in Germany that, you know, it's one of those Terebo Westyle when he's older than he says he is, it's a fake birth certificate and all this type of stuff. Whether there's any legitimacy to that, no one is quite sure, but it all just almost adds to the flavour of the whole drama that's gone on. So the speculation is that he does resign, but it's difficult at this moment in time to see 100% what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, it would be fantastic if he was just a lad called Darren from Lancashire or something. We'll work out what happens uh, to 44-year-old Darren Mukoku later on uh, <laughs> as, the sto- as the story clarifies. But it is an interesting one. And we'll finish with uh, the aforementioned Barcelona because, yeah, Arsenal are having a look at Rafinha, it seems. You mentioned Ansu Fati earlier on, but that's not the only uh, potential uh, assets for sale uh, as they try to balance their books. Yeah, there's a bit I'll come back to at the end, which is absolutely fascinating about this. We did some digging today around some Barca sources that we've used before for for different shows, and they gave us some absolutely fascinating stuff today. But the way I describe it, Trev, is... Barca, the bank's open again. So there's no more levers to pull. But what they can do, as we know, we mentioned Rafinha, Ansu Fati, Kessie is another one that's up on the block now, a player they only brought in on a free this summer. Ferran Torres, the old City youngster, you know, that, that moved back apparently. He is for sale after all their budget issues. Now, they did what Barca would define as a bit of restructuring now. I know that's a very vague word in the Barcelona boardroom, but they presented it to um, La Liga in terms of their rules. You know, they've got strict rules about the percentages against the wages, that type of thing. La Liga have refused them any further business. Now, this is amazing, Trev. Laporta is preparing his case to take La Liga to court. That They're saying that we did sign up to this CVC, this agreement around how it all works for financing La Liga. We've been forced into it. You're not working with us. So Laporta is preparing his legal case because they're not doing what he wants to sue La Liga. So that's another just another bit of, you know, the Barcelona story that just rumbles on and on and on. But essentially, they even said it would not surprise them if Quietly, de Jong is even offered again to clubs before the end of the window. But if a player or a significant player doesn't leave Barca by the end of the window, they would be absolutely astonished. Like you said, a club that's at the top of the league and form-wise is doing well is an absolute mess. And that's the latest. The owner is now 
looking to take La Liga to court to get his way, but Christ knows what will happen with Barcelona, right? They're like the sort of opposite of Liverpool, who apparently are financially uh, 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 very well off because we keep holding on to all our money. Uh, but our form has fallen uh, off the back of a cliff. So it's very interesting to watch the contrast between the two clubs and how they're operating, uh, the levels of risk and the... Uh, I don't know, as you say, uh, all levers pulled and yet the bank seems to be open for business, uh, you know, to be done in outgoings and incomings. It's very interesting to watch. It's very interesting to watch how different uh, uh, setups operate. Uh, and it brings us around full circle to uh, our own club again. We just finish on on this uh, note, uh, Dave, because, you know, it's it's the majority of people listening to us will be Liverpool fans, of course. Uh and you, you were saying like you still have a, a feeling that there might be something done despite the the, the messaging almost by Clapo. Uh but in, in the in the absence of that, uh do you have any faith in these stories that you hear about war chests? Because here's where I go with this. We don't even know who owns the club at that stage. We don't even know what percentage of the club is owned by FSG or whatever potential investors at that stage. What kind of complicated arrangements will have to be made between all the uh, parties if there is some sort of uh, club share, power share thing going in before any decision can be made? It could, in fact, if we're being honest, complicate things rather than make them easier by by way of uh, adding funds. So. I put very little store by these war chest things. We've heard them before. They end up being usually bullshit. So I'm back to saying, can we really? I, I, you put your finger on it, Dave. Can we really have a window where we spend a considerable amount of money on an attacking player when even Klopp had to admit that the one area that we need to fix is just behind that? Uh Something will have to get done. It might end up being very underwhelming, a la Arthur, but it will have to be done, won't it? Yeah, personally, I think almost like Neil Jones said, it might be an opportunistic one. I think he phrased it well, maybe Arthur, but better, but not necessarily the long-term solution. Trev, maybe it's more hope than expectation, but I've got to believe that one gets done. It's what we were told, as we said, when we went out, the start Liverpool were looking at midfielders. I I honestly believe that's been the case, that they have been looking, but whether you want to put it down to FSG tightness around players like Casido, whatever you want to describe it as, that it's not happened, it's not come to fruition so far. So I think they're looking at we're, we're desperately in need of one. That that's my honest sort of assessment of it. On the other side, Trev, the war chest, the, the I think it's, it's interesting because we keep hearing again and again and again. And when I'm saying we're hearing it again and again, we're hearing it from tier one sources as well. Let's be honest on this, that there's funds set aside for Bellingham. So I'm almost calling that a Bellingham war chest, if you you know you want to describe it as that. I'm pretty confident based on everything that's been said. And again, from real tier one people, that Jude Bellingham is the priority. Now, I'm not going to get into a debate over you know whether he comes Champions League. We could do that all day. But that money has been set aside. I would honestly believe that. A war chest for anything else? 200, 250 million. 
I don't know if anyone's watched FSG's running of the club, Trev, but there's absolutely zero regard or zero evidence that suggests that would happen. We've talked about spending money that we make. That's their natural method, you know, money ball, however you wish to describe it. There is absolutely nothing in the time we've been here that ever suggests FSG are going to say, there's 200, 250 million, you know, go and drop it, Cloppo, do what you need to do. At the same time, Trev, who's saying it? Romano, Christian Fulk. And I know that sounds disparaging, but it's not people that you really believe have got the inside track, if that's the, the right phrase. So I don't believe that there's a big war chest waiting by any means. I do strongly believe, and again, it might never come to fruition because I don't believe Jude Bellingham wants to come to a club that's 10th in the league, whatever anyone says, that's just personal belief. But I do believe there is a Bellingham fund, Bellingham money set aside. Being honest, Trev, if there is 100, 120 million, I think I said it the other week, just break fund in use of emergency. Get that money used now. Get players in. Do what you can for this season and then give them the summer. But will any of that happen? I don't think anyone knows fully what's going on. Not even convinced everyone in the club knows what's going on. So it's all an unfortunate wait and see job. Yeah, well, I, I, I to, to continue your metaphor, I hope that in the middle of the night, Jürgen gets up in a fit of peak, grabs that little hammer that you see on buses and breaks the glass and pushes the lever and releases a few shekels so we can go off and... Uh, address a very urgent and real problem but Dave as ever you've brought the goods uh tremendous amount of information on that one really appreciate it so for another show thanks very much we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.